Shalom and blessings. This is Pastor Clifton McDowell Sr. here at the Church of God of East New York, located in the heart of Brooklyn. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast, and I pray this week's sermon blesses and encourages you for the journey. God bless. Now enjoy the sermon. Recognize that we need him more. Amen. More and more we're recognizing how much we need the Lord. And so we've been talking about um, our theme this year is that we have been empowered to serve. We've been empowered to serve. Not only have we been equipped and positioned and called, we have been empowered to serve. And so we've been talking these last few weeks about the anatomy the anatomy of a servant, the anatomy of a servant. And so last week we started um, talking about um, a servant's hands, a servant's hands. And we want to just um, finish that up this week. Remember in the book of Matthew where Jesus is um, illustrating and talking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 20. And he tells them, whoever wants, in verse 27, whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And he gives himself as an example, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says, you are not to lord it over folk. Everybody looking for position. The disciples, um, especially James and John at this time, but all of them were really um, considering and talking among themselves about who would be the first, who's the greatest, jockeying for position. And, and, And if you really think about it, it's no different than today. Folks are jockeying. Um, um, lobbying for position all over the world in our government even in churches but Jesus says it's not so to be with you he that would be the greatest he that would be um, the greatest must become the servant of all and so um, we talked about last week about the hands that, that God has given us and how important those hands are and how those hands are used for so many things and that, that Jesus used his hands um, to make furniture, to cut down trees. He used his hands to heal folk and to minister to people. Used his hand to multiply, amen, food and fish and bread We use our hands for all kinds of things. Our hands are so important. We talked about that God is a spirit, but the scriptures um, give him, um, um, speak of him of having hands. We know that God doesn't have a body like you and I, but he does that, um, those things that are figuratively spoken of, and it says that God's hands formed the world. It talks about the power of God's hands, and we told you last week that you can trust those hands, those hands that could wipe you out in a moment with a, just a snap of a finger. We can trust those hands. One scripture says it is a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. We need to recognize that God is God. We are not God. Amen. Buddha is not God. Amen. Uh, Rama is not God. All of these different deities in other faiths, they are not God. Only God is God. 
Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I and my Father are one. And so when we talk about a servant's hands, we're, we're talking about dedicated service, the dedicated service of a servant. Our hands, our hands must be made useful. God wants us to be useful for the kingdom. We talked about um, that our faith is a transformative faith. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. Amen. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. It is a transformative faith that transforms us from the inside until it shows on the outside. And he who has begun a good work in you shall continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, it is a, you are a work in process. I am a work in process. He is molding us and shaping us. And ye will use situations and circumstances, amen, to chip away at those things that he does not want to be. We belong to him. We are his ambassadors. We are, we've been reconciled to God, and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And scripture tells us in Romans 12 and 1 that because of all that God has done, that we ought to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Holiness is what he wants. Holiness is what he wants for you and what he wants for me. It says that we are to present holy, ourselves holy before the Lord as living sacrifices, pleasing to him because this is your true and proper worship. Amen. It's more than just lifting up your hands. It's more than just shouting. It's more than just praising God with your vocal voice. Amen. We are to give him a, a, a holy life. And that includes your body. It includes your hands. Amen. James 2:14 through 18 talks about faith and deeds. It says, you can talk about faith, faith by itself. If it is not accompanied by actions, it is a dead faith. If your faith is not demonstrated, in your lifestyle, your Christian faith is not demonstrated in your lifestyle. In the words that you say, the things that you do, then your faith is dead. The Bible says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. We are a city on a hill. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father. Listen, I know, I know that America tries to place herself as a city on a hill. America is not a city on a hill. It is the body of Christ that is the city on a hill. It is the body of Christ. It is the kingdom of God that he has set as a city on a hill. Careful that you don't, that you don't um, conflict, that you don't mix up. It is not America who is a chosen nation. It is the body of Christ. And sometimes, amen, folks confuse this nationalism and they have made it Christian. 
Only Christ can make you Christian. It doesn't matter that you're born into a Christian family or that you name the name of God. It is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. So we, we come to the Lord as servants. We, ne- we need to recognize that actions speak louder than words. We cannot replace, now understand this, we cannot replace Christian, genuine Christian faith. We cannot um, replace that with actions. But your faith in Christ, your Christian faith, it has to be demonstrated by your actions because not only is this faith it is a hands transformative hands-on faith it is also a show-and-tell faith you've got to demonstrate your faith you've got to live it out young and old amen teenagers young adults men women mom dad your faith has to be a show-and-tell Amen. You ought to be able to give an answer for the hope that you have within you. Amen. Your life, the things that you do, they ought to line up with the word of God. They ought to line up with the words that you say. Amen. Somebody said that, that, that actions speak louder than words. Jesus used his hands. Amen. He used his hands and we've got to learn how to use what God has given us. They are tools to be used in the master's hands rather than being lazy and idle. We've got to learn how to use our hands. One prayer by a, by a nun named Teresa in the 1500s in Spain, 1515, a young lady who would become a nun in Spain. She says, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, we are the body. Christ has no body on this earth but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion to this world. Christ has no body on earth but yours. It's profound. Last Sunday, Amen, our first lady sung, touch through me, Holy Spirit, touch through me. Let my hands reach out to others, touch through me. There's a lonely soul somewhere needing just one friend to care, touch through me. Holy Spirit, touch through me. Jesus was asked about the commandments. What is the greatest commandment among all the commandments? He says, thou ought to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And he said, the second greatest is like that first one. They're like hinge pins. Amen. And all the commands hang on these two. You ought to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He made it even plainer to his disciples. He says, as I have loved you, you ought to love one another. Gave them an example. Amen. Yours are the eyes that 
Christ wants to look out with compassion. Jesus looked at the people that he would come in contact with. He didn't judge them by the standards of the day. He looked beyond the outward circumstances of their lives, circumstances that sometimes invited condemnation from the religious leaders and the community. What did he do? He showed them love. Think about the compassion, a man that was exchanged with the woman that was caught in idolatry. And it's very interesting, they only brought the woman, didn't bring the man. A man's sexism right there. We, but the, the community wanted Jesus to condemn her. But Jesus looked at her with compassion. Amen. Think about the interaction that he had with a man named Zacchaeus who had been um, an IRS kind of guy working for the Roman government tax collector who had been um, stealing, actually overcharging. And he was an outcast within his own Jewish community. He was considered a traitor. But Jesus looked at him with compassion, went to his house, and the Bible said it transformed Zacchaeus' life. Try to look at others. You've got to try to look at others with the same compassion that Jesus had without condemning them. Even those who perhaps would invite it to come. Even those that their actions and their behavior might invite it. We can show the love of Christ without condoning their sinful choices. The truth be told, too often some of the most hateful and mean um, 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 treatment has come out of those who name the name of Christ. Got to ask ourselves, Jesus, would, we've got to tell ourselves, this is not how Jesus would respond. This is not how Jesus would um, talk to folk. We are the body of Christ. We are his representation in the earth. Yours are the hands with which Christ will bless others. Jesus used his hands, amen, as a skillful carpenter. We too have skills we can use to help others, such as fixing a friend's car, using your gifts to update a church website, or cleaning up a neighbor's yard. After a storm, I've got to add, listen, sometimes we, we, we waste so much time fretting and despairing about lost opportunities, about what we don't have. But I want to tell somebody, as a servant of the Most High God, look at what's right in front of you. Look at what's in your hand. Look at what God has already placed in your hand as a servant of God. Those hands there, they're not just to um, beautify your, your wrist. God has given you, amen, some experiences, some skills, some resources, some situations. And so rather than complaining or despairing about what you don't have, take a look at what's in your hand. What's in your hand that God can use to his glory and to your benefit and the benefit of others? Abel, Abel, what is in your hand? Abel would say, nothing but a little sheep, nothing but a little lamb. Oh, God, I've taken from the flock. 
but I've purposed him as an offering to you as a willing sacrifice. And what did he do? He did. He gave it to the Lord as a sweet-smelling sacrifices to the Lord. And we are still giving sweet-smelling sacrifices to the Lord in our praise and in our worship. What's that in your hand, Moses? Well, it's only a staff. Oh God, it's just a staff, just a stick that I tend the flock with. Well, Moses, take it and use it for me. And the Bible said, and he did. And with that shepherd's staff, he did more wondrous miracles in Egypt than that proud king had ever seen. Sister Mary, Sister Mary, what is that in your hands? Nothing but a pot of sweet-smelling ointment. Oh God, which I would anoint the Savior. Well, take it and use it for me. And she did. And not only did that perfume anoint the Lord in preparation for his death, not only did that anointment, that perfume fill the house and all that were in it, amen, I'm, I'm best in its aroma. But if you read in scripture, the fragrance and of that memory of that act of love is still being spoken of today as a memorial to her. Poor woman, yeah, yeah, you, poor woman, what is that in your hand? I've only got two mites. It's just a little. It's all I have, and I would put it into your treasury. Then give it to me. And so she did. And the story of her generosity of giving ever since, amen, is like a, a charm prompting others to give to the Lord. Sister Darkest. What's that in your hands? I've only got a needle, some thread, and some fabric, Lord. Well, will you take it and use it for me? And she did. And not only were the suffering poor of Joppa, amen, clothed warmly, but all over this world, you've got darkest societies still, amen, continuing the mission to the poor throughout the world. She has inspired others to be generous and to use what's in your hands. We need to recognize that God has given us hands and it's not about what's not in your hands, it's about what's in your hands. Amen, don't despise little things because little is much when God is in it. Jesus wants you to use your hands in some way, literally, to minister to somebody. Jesus used his hands to bless people, to bless children. When they were brought to him, the disciples wanted to push them away. But Jesus said, suffer the children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. He took them up in his arms. He placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. You can use your ways, find practical ways to use servants' hands to bless others. Jesus used his hands. The blind man, a man, he, he spat on the ground. He made a mud, some mud, and he put it on the man's eyes. He used his hands. Jairus' daughter on her deathbed, Jesus used his hands. He raised her up. Even lepers, despite the fear, a man of, and the revulsion, Jesus used his hands. We can all hold a hand of a sick friend, praying for their healing. We can all console 
Amen. A person who's been disappointed after not making the team. Amen. Or not getting the job or not having a passing grade or, or, or a grieving friend. Learn to think out of the box. There are so many ways that we can comfort, amen, large and small ways, someone. There are people that are just waiting for someone nearby, amen, who would offer to minister to them. There's nothing wrong, get this, I know we'll bring a meal, but there's nothing wrong with bringing a cooked meal. But there are other thoughtful ways that you could offer support to someone who's grieving or recovering, amen, from something physical situation. Amen. There are, there are single parents. There are new mothers. Amen. Or parents of toddlers that you could offer to babysit. Because let me tell you something. Children can sometimes um, be, amen, challenging. <laughs> but you can comfort, amen. You can bring comfort to someone in the midst of their grief or recovery. Amen. By just saying, well, listen, let, let, why don't you let your kids come over to my house and we'll keep them for the night so that you can get some rest. Some of you that are good, amen, you've got a good taste for music. You could put, make a playlist, amen, and send it to a friend. Send it to somebody who can use an encouragement. Get a theme to the music and you can make a playlist and send it to them. You could run errands. Amen. For somebody, amen, go to the post office. Go pick up the prescription at the drugstore. Who couldn't use some help with the everything days of life just to get somebody's assistance for the daily task could take a load off of somebody. You could listen to somebody. Just give them an air. Listen without judgment. Sometimes all we need to feel better is the ability to fully be honest about a situation or circumstance. You could clean house for somebody. Grief and sickness has a way of sapping a person's energy. And the last thing a person in crisis wants or needs to think about is mustering up the oomph to clean house. Now you may find them resistance, amen, but be mindful if they say yes, be mindful that it takes a tremendous amount of humility to allow someone to see your mess. But once accepted, that act of service can provide enormous emotional and amen and practical relief. You could provide groceries and, and household supplies. You could put together a, a care package, a gift basket of comforts, the things that you know that they love and they know that the things that they could use, you could put together a comfort basket. And then there are those folks that they're, they're so caught up in their grief, they're so caught up, amen, in, in depression, Sometimes it takes a group of friends to say, listen, we've come over. We're going to take you out for a couple of hours. And if they agree, some, just a couple of hours with some friends can make somebody feel almost so much better. Getting out for a while can take away a world of hurt. And ultimately, if they say, well, they resist that, Maybe instead of going out, you just say, well, we're going to stay here and we're going to look at a good movie and get a good cup of coffee at your place. 
It's all using your hands. It's all, it's all being a service, servant. It's thinking of the needs of others more than you think about the need, your own needs. Let me tell somebody, amen, somebody's going through a time of grief and, or despair. Don't wait for them to call. Take action. Step in. Step up. Whether you bring a meal or do something um, less orthodox, any practical help will be welcome with gratitude. There's a, it's, it's, it's honoring God when you use your hands. Darkest was a rich woman, good in works. but She used her hands. And when she died, folks came from all over the community. These are garments that she made for me. She made these clothes for my children. When, when, I, when we lost our job, she made, us, she made this cloak for me. Paul was another example. He didn't think it was demeaning to work with his hands. He thought it was honorable to engage in a trade, and he made tents. He worked with his hands. Working with your hands has all kinds of benefits. Do you know, listen, if you learn a skill with your hands that you can, you can, you can offer a man a service, even if you get laid off, you've got a skill you can take with you. you. You've got something that you can travel with that no matter where you are, that skill will keep you, amen, keep you eating, keep you clothed. Learn, amen, to work with your hand. What's that in your hands? All kinds of examples throughout Scripture. The benefits of working with your hands. People of, amen, there's those that are, it helps you to be even more independent when you don't have to depend on somebody else, amen, to provide for your needs. And the scripture says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You got to learn to work with your hands, amen. Working with your whole self as an offering to the Lord. I challenge you. I challenge you to recognize that your hands are the hands that God wants to use. That your hands are not just only instruments for your bodies. They are to bless and to minister to others. Amen. In holiness, in righteousness, with, amen, with, with the right motivation and inspiration. Thank God for our hands. Somebody said you don't miss the well till the water runs dry. Use your hands for God's glory. Little hands, be careful what you do. Use them for God's glory. All over scripture, God is saying, work with your hands what is good. Paul says in Colossians 3.23, as we wrap it up, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, amen, as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Whatever you do, work it with all your, your heart, with all your might, as unto the Lord. Don't take your hands for granted. God has called you to use those hands for his glory. And so we challenge you, because the truth be told, yours are the only hands that somebody may ever see the truth be told 
Yours are the only, amen, um, yours are the only feet that will make it to somebody in need. And so I challenge you to make sure that you do all that you do and do it to the glory of God. Amen. There's a song that's been on my heart. And I think it will speak to you as we come to a close of this message, the anatomy of a servant. Sometimes we're waiting for others to do. Sometimes we're, we're, we expect the congregation to do the things that God has called you to do. I want to tell somebody that God has called you to be a man, an ambassador for the Most High God, that you are not your own. Amen. That you are, to you are to present your whole body, and that includes your hands, as living sacrifices. Look at your experiences. Look at your skills. Look at your relationships. Look at the tools God has placed in your hands. What's that right in front of you? I don't care what age you are, young or old. There's something in your hands that God has already placed that he wants you to use. So servant, talking to you. Servant, what's that in your hands? Father, we thank you. We thank you, dear God, for reminding us, dear God, that you have called us to be a servant with servants' hands called us, dear God, to be your hands extended. You called us to look for ways and, and discover ways, dear God, that we can touch somebody's life in meaningful ways. Father, as we look down through history, we see so many examples of God, of those who named the name of Christ, using their hands to abuse, using their hands to take advantage of. Oh God, Forgive us, God. Forgive us, oh God. Have mercy. Lord, help us, dear God, to see ourselves as the ambassadors of Christ. Lord, we represent you. Somebody needs to know you. Somebody needs to know that you care. Somebody needs to know, dear God, that there is there's, there's hope for the hopeless. Lord, will you touch somebody right now? That person, dear God, that is listening, oh God, help them to see, dear God, that you're the answer. You're the answer to their, to their questions. You're the answer to the challenges in their lives. Would you make the difference? Help us to remember, dear God, that this is just transformative, hands-on faith, that this is a show-and-tell kind of faith. Bible said if all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. He's speaking to you, my brother. He's speaking to you, my sister. He said, whosoever will, who will come to me. He said, I will in no ways cast away. His arms are open to you. Cry out to him. Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. He's waiting on you. He's already made provision for your redemption. God has not given up on you. Don't give up on yourself. Others may have thrown the towel in on your life. Others may have put a dot in your story. 
God has only put a comma. He's telling you your life is not over. It is not finished. He has put something in your hands. I heard somebody talk about um, Adam and Eve. Amen. When they messed up in the garden, God had given them an assignment. He said that the assignment, God didn't change his mind about the assignment. Amen. About the goals that he had for their life. But because of their their behavior, he just had to change the way that he would bring them. I want to tell somebody, God has not changed his mind about you. He has not given up on you. He may have to take you a different way now, but what God gave you, what God told you, he has not changed his mind. Why not give your heart to God? Why not surrender all to him right now. Hands up. Hands up. I surrender all to you. I freely give my mind, my heart, my body, my skills, my experiences, my past, my present, my future. I give them all to you. I give to you what's in my hands. Use it to your glory. Transform it for your glory in Jesus name listen I hope and pray that you you'll get this point I hope and pray that you will use what God has given you to be a blessing to others to let your deeds demonstrate your faith your faith in Christ your walk with God touch somebody today God bless you. Lord love you. We love you too. Thank you for joining us this week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and tag us in your social stories at C-O-G-E-N-Y. Thank you to those who have given generously to this ministry in the past. And if you'd like to become a contributor, head over to cog-eny.com. That's cog-eny.com. And just click on the offering and donations tab. Again, thank you so much. Now God bless.